Uh, welcome to another episode of the Shoop Sports Broadcast Channel. Newly named, but I got an old face with me. It's Mr. Christian Scroce. Mr. Christian Scroce, how are you today? That's right, baby. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Uh, a lot of requests for me to come back. I'm doing good. Uh, I was last here for the draft. Uh, you know the blogs. Everyone's been talking about where where's where's Christian been, but I'm back. We're here, ready to talk about it. the season's uh, training camp starts in like two two three weeks. Uh, the Hall of Fame games in like a month, so we're we're back. We're we're almost back to football, baby. Right? Yeah, I've got a lot of comments lately. Why are you? previewing football so much isn't it like early well you know what screw those people it is never yeah. too early i'm already thinking about the 2024 season well that's a little okay that's yeah, a maybe i'm a little overlooking <laughs> a little bit uh so what we're gonna do in today's video is if you've been watching my channel me and my other partner Shaul have been breaking down division by division but to get a, a clearer picture of where teams stand in the nfl me and Christian are going to break down a little power rankings. Now, for the sake of time, we're going to break this down into the first half. So, the bottom 16 in the league. We both made our own rankings, and we combined the results after to get uh, aggregate rankings. So, without further ado, let's jump into it. And starting at number 32, team that we both had at number 32, is the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals had the believe, third worst record in the NFL last year and out of all teams seem to have the least bit of hope because they are tied millions and millions and millions to a quarterback who not only towards ACL last year but has had accusations of him not caring in the past uh, but I want to hear what you think Christian what really makes this Cardinals team the worst in the league this year uh, I mean, I would say it's because they're the only team that I like with confidence as you're just having a Bud Light. <laughs> it's Thursday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> all right. A little side trip. Anyway, they're the only team that like uh, that is like actively trying to lose. It seems like right. Like every other team I actually I, I, well, besides maybe the next team is like at least trying to give it their best shot. And like, you know, they're kind of like, hey, we know we're not going to be great, but we're, you know, we might be better than we expect. Like the Cardinals are actively trying to lose. They're stocking up draft picks for the next year. Rumors that they might want to get Caleb Williams, which affects Kyler Murray, as as you mentioned. And Kyler Murray tore his ACL last year, like you said. Lots of doubts uh, for him, you know, even beyond that. And so I, I don't even think he's going to play this year, right? I think there's a chance that six weeks in their own six by the time he comes back they might say hey we're just not going to play him because we're going to try to be really bad and you know even beyond them wanting to be bad they're atrocious their rosters are i think the worst in the league on paper they really only have one what i would call very good player and that's buddha baker as a safety and he wants to get out of there too so i mean just up and down this roster there's very little to feel good about for the Cardinals. And they're also in a pretty tough division as well. Yes, uh, the defense surely lacks talent. If they lose Buda Baker, I don't know how they're going to stop anybody. It's no. going to be a, a shit show. But uh, good news for the Cardinals is they basically have like almost a lottery ticket with the Houston Texans first rounder yep. this upcoming year. Uh, so sure, they 
they might lose a bunch of games. You know, as long as they don't hit that dread 0 17, go 1 16, they could end up with two top five picks next year and totally change the outlook on this franchise. So at least they're heading in a good direction. Uh, number 31, and we are also in consensus on this one the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went eight and nine, nine and eight last year, won the division, but by being carried by Tom Brady. Just dragging along that putrid offensive line and aging defensive core. Now the same team is going into this year without Brady, and they're going to trot out one of Baker Mayfield or or Kyle Trask. So Christian, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, or doesn't matter. Um, I well to me it doesn't matter. I I think it's probably going to be Baker just because Kyle Trask I like is is not very good he's just not very good and i think you know if they were confident in trask they wouldn't have went and signed baker so i think baker's gonna end up being the starting quarterback for them um i think it's exactly like you said they're literally basically trotting out the exact same team as last year there's not many differences besides the guys that uh they brought in from the draft this year and everyone is a year older right and so they have some pieces, you know, the secondary is not bad, right? They've got some guys in the linebacking core that are pretty decent. Defensive line can be okay, although not sure about Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator. Offense, you still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But like I said, all these guys are a year older, right? Mike Evans is into his 30s, and he kind of looked to be, not his last legs, but certainly going more downhill last year. And you're not sure how those two are going to be with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. And so they're another one of those teams that I think is just kind of, you know, trying to sunset some of their veteran guys, trying to get a really good pick next year and maybe look for one of the quarterbacks in next year's draft. And expectations just aren't really high. And, you know, out of these two teams, them and the Cardinals, they're the one that I think could have the biggest shakeup in terms of if things really go bad. I don't think their coaching staff is going to stay. I don't think their management is going to stay either. Yeah, well, when I asked you that question before, doesn't matter is the correct answer because it doesn't matter who plays behind that offensive line. It's looking awful this year, and they lost Donovan Smith. So they their yeah. offensive line was bad last year, and they lost a piece. It's only going to get worse from there. And they also lost key corner Sean Murphy Bunting uh, and didn't really adequately replace him. So it's going to be a long year. Um, you can't convince me that Baker Mayfield's a still a star in this league. But it's at the end of the day, it's the best thing for the Bucks is to move on and get a young franchise QB, which they have a very good opportunity of doing so. Um so this is the last pick that we are in agreement on before we get into the 29 through 17 range. Number 30 we have the Houston Texans. The ever since the uh Deshaun Watson uh allegations first came out, they've been pretty much the the basement dwellers of the league is there any hope of that changing this year you know i, I think there is a little bit of hope uh, i i will say i think out of these three teams the texans are certainly the most exciting one i would say even in the bottom 10 the texans are one of the more exciting options because they have cj stroud who they picked up and drafted with the second overall pick this year young quarterback out of ohio state and will anderson who they traded up for to get the third overall pick edge rusher out of Alabama. And so those are two, what you would consider potentially cornerstone guys for your franchise. Now they're both coming in as rookies to a Texans team that just has not been good. I mean, three head coaches in the last three seasons. And so 
in terms of any hope that they have, I think they're just trying to point in the right direction at this point, which is, I think, why we all have or why we both have them so low. I, I mean, I don't think there's significant expectations, but a couple years down the line with D'Amico Ryan's new head coach and this young core, I think they should move up in these power rankings. But for now, they haven't done anything to really move up. Yeah, could definitely agree with that. They haven't proven anything yet. Texans kind of remind me of the Lions team a couple of years ago that had a pretty poor record but fought hard in every game. I, I look at D'Amico Ryans as that kind of coach that will get the best out of his players. But, you know, looking from a game-to-game basis, the Texans still have no receiving core. Their their offensive line is is better, uh, but it was still pretty shaky last year. And then on defense, just a lot of young guys. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of young talent on this team, uh, but no like bona fide studs quite yet. And they're playing in the AFC. So, and the weakest yeah. division in the AFC, but they're still playing in the AFC. So, sure. uh, take caution if you're riding Texans in any way. All <laughs> right. Um, so we got the Carolina Panthers. Um, I had them at 28, you had them at 29. So, we both have them in our bottom five. Hope for the Panthers, obvious, because they just drafted Bryce Young with the first overall pick. Gave up a lot of resources to get him. So what are your expectations for Bryce Young in his first year? You know, it, it, Bryce Young is so weird. And I think the Panthers are the weirdest team on this list just because I feel like I should feel better about them than I do um, because they, they, they were pretty competitive last season, right? They have a young core on defense that is really, I mean, they have a good defense and their running game towards the end of last season was also spectacular. I, I think in looking at the Carolina Panthers, like you said, they traded a lot to go and get Bryce Young. I also am not the biggest fan of Bryce Young in general. I, I mean, I think he's a fine quarterback, but I don't think he's one of those guys that's going to be able to really elevate a franchise. However, their new f- head coach, Frank Reich, is a very good offensive coordinator. He's very good with young quarterbacks, and so that could be really great for this franchise. I, I just think they're sort of a year away from being a year away. I like the direction that the Panthers are going. However, I just think talent-wise – a guy like Bryce Young isn't going to elevate them too much. And I think they're probably going to finish with one of the worst records in the NFL. And it's unfortunate because they don't have their first round pick, but I think the young core that they have is going to continue to grow together and hopefully rise up in these power rankings eventually. Yeah, You can't use, you can't use rise up when the Falcons are in the division. Come on, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a year away from being a year away is quite accurate. That's how most teams are with rookie quarterbacks, really, uh, on the fringe of being on the fringe of contending. Uh, what, what I, while I'm excited for the Panthers' future, the moves they made in the offseason were just not thought properly. I mean, the money they gave to the, the trio of Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, and Hayden Hurst is not going to do them any good whatsoever. Adam Thielen is already doing like spots on NFL Network as a reporter. That's when you know like you, you do not want your wide receiver to already have one foot in the broadcast booth. That's that's bad enough, but he can't get separation anyway. So even yeah. if he wasn't in the booth, yeah. he he would he'd be forced to go there pretty soon. I don't understand. I I guess they wanted to surround a rookie quarterback with a with a lot of veterans to give him leadership advice, but they're bad contracts nonetheless um new coach for for the panthers as well 
Uh, so new reg, new regime, and you know, overall, I think what what we should expect out of Bryce Young this year is just playing mistake free football. You know, yeah. um, just hit your guys, throw the ball away when necessary. Um, the 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 expectations for the Panthers aren't going to be that high, but you know, it's a weak division, so really anything could happen. So hopefully he just doesn't go out there and embarrass himself. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yes, that would, that would be ideal for that franchise. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go next on the list. We got the the Colts. Uh, they're my number twenty eight. Believe they're your number twenty seven. Yep. Um, so again, very similar. Another similar situation, but it's more of a competition there in Indy at QB with Anthony Richardson versus Gardner Minshew. Now, Gardner Minshew has shown in the past that he can come in and fill that role of uh, game manager very effectively. He did it with Philly. He did it with Jacksonville uh, as a six-round pick. So how long is it? What kind of leash is Gardner Minshew going to have in Indy? Not a very long one. Um, Indy, I kind of feel very similarly to the Texans in that I'm excited for their future, but I think it's going to take some time. They have some talent on the roster. There are a couple positions, notably the offensive line, that didn't do so well last year. Um, but bringing Anthony Richardson in, Richardson in and pairing him with that new Colts offensive staff uh, from Philadelphia, I think is going to be really good for the Colts at some point using his great athleticism. However, he's going to have growing pains in the NFL, just like every young rookie quarterback. And they still have to make the roster around him, uh, which I think they'll be able to do in the upcoming years. But for this year, I really don't think expectations are so high on that for them. I think Gardner Minshew is probably going to start the first few games of the season. But as their record kind of deteriorates, they're going to want to get Anthony Richardson some time playing. Um, Yeah, I think Minshew is just going to end up being a pretty good backup for the Colts. Yeah, and and a good career backup too. Yeah, he's definitely got made his way into the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think Anthony Richardson will get some time because of how raw of a prospect he is. I think they need to throw him out there. I said this in the draft coverage. You need yep. to throw him out there. You need to let him make mistakes so he can learn from it. And this be perfect season to do it. Yeah, two keys for the Colts this season. Jonathan Taylor had his worst year, probably of his whole football career last year. Probably. Not only not only did he underwhelmed stat wise but he got hurt for the first time since high school i believe yeah so those two things you know i think a lot of people are expecting a bounce back from taylor can the offensive line do him any favors that's one question and then you got uh shaq leonard coming back to the frame he barely played at all last year he he makes a huge difference to his colts defense and now stefan gilmore is no longer on this team the leader of this defense is leonard yep Leonard needs to be on the field and leading these young players around him. If he misses time with injury again, teams are going to run right through this team, and it doesn't matter who's quarterback on the other side. All right. So next one on the list, we got the Washington Commanders. Uh, you have them a little higher than I do. I have them as my number 29 team. It looks like you have them at number 23, I believe. Somewhere around there, yeah. 23, 24. Uh, so the commanders are going to the season starting slinging Sammy Howell, who <laughs> had a good week 18 last year and delivered some promise. 
He obviously will be better than Carson Wentz ever could be. But, you know, Taylor Heineke was a huge boost for this franchise, and he won this team a lot of games just by his grit and perseverance. What are your expectations for Sammy Howell this year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a little Heineke to him. I, I think the coaches really like him. They brought in Eric Bieniemy, the old Chiefs offensive coordinator, to be their offense coordinator. That's going to be really interesting. And Sam Howell, you know, a couple of years ago, he stayed in college. And before he elected to stay, people were talking about him being like a first-round draft pick at quarterback. And he went in the fifth round to the commanders. So I think they have really high expectations from him. Honestly, I think he's going to be fine, which is kind of how I felt about the commanders and my rankings putting them like closer to 20 this because last year I really thought they would bottom out and I thought they would go like three and 14 or four and 13 and they ended up going eight and one. They're a team that while I don't think Ron Rivera is as great a coach as others may, I think he's still a good coach. And I think he's still a guy that can prevent a team from truly bottoming out. And so really, I think it's the coaching staff that has uh, you know caused me to think the commanders will be better than that really bottom five teams of the league. However, if Sam Howell goes out and just doesn't play well at all, you know, plays kind of like a second-year quarterback, which he is, a second-year, fifth-year quarterback, then, yeah, I could see things really going south for the Commanders, uh, who have some talent up and down their roster, but obviously there's a lot of turmoil with that franchise, and it might come to reflect on the players this season. That's a big thing that I was considering, that the, the state of the franchise is in right now with the change of ownership potentially there's a lot of distraction going on and they're they're very much outclassed by the rest of the division you know it's not not inconceivable that they go in six in this division my concern while they have some playmakers on offense the defense and particularly that back seven with the secondary that secondary got abused last year there's a lot of weapons in this nfc east that can take advantage of that they lost uh Linebacker Cole Holcomb, too, who was a big part of their linebacking set. Uh, and, you know, Washington is just going to be stuck in this state of purgatory for like a very long time, you know, putting guys out there like Sam Howell, who can, he might perform above expectations, but I don't really see him as that guy. You know, maybe he proves me wrong, but the what, what would be best for Washington is to just go all out lose as many games as possible <laughs> try to Full get a quarterback because right now bad. they're stuck in that old 2000s 2010s bills territory where they were just yeah. picking ninth 11th 12th every year the bills got lucky one year and got josh allen but they probably would still be there if not for that that's different story all right so now going into number 26 los angeles rams they are your 27th team and they're my 25th team 26 in the rankings the rams hard to believe that they won the super bowl uh two two years ago (laughs) now they're all the way down here but wait matthew stafford's still the quarterback what's going on matthew stafford's old that's that's what's going on and injury prone and injury prone yeah i i mean my thing with the rams is last year looking at kind of what went wrong, because like you said, they, they won the Super Bowl before last year. I think you could point to really three guys, and it's Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, all of whom were battling injuries last year. You know, Stafford had his major injury. Cup had another kind of pretty significant injury. You know, he's getting up there in age. And Aaron Donald was dealing with a bunch of nagging injuries. And so for those three guys, 
who are past age 30. I mean, Stafford is 35 coming into this season, right? You know, those injuries begin to pile up. And I think for both of us, while we think, like, I still think Sean McVay is a really good coach. I think the Rams are still, you know, I think they can still put together a decently talented roster with their coaching staff. I just think for those key cornerstones, that Super Bowl is really their last ride. And while they might be decent this year, I don't think they have any real playoff aspirations, especially since I expect at least one of those guys to be battling injuries throughout the year once again. Yeah, and that definitely could be Stafford, who in his like he's just been in, very injury prone throughout his career. I mean, he's been a, he's been a tough player, but yeah. it's starting to really pile up now. And this offensive line is not going to do any favors. You're going to see a theme in general with these bottom 10 teams, generally poor offensive lines, and the Rams definitely qualify as such. You know, it's easy for Sean McVay. It's easy to look like a good coach when you got Andrew Whitworth protecting your blind sign. But when Joe Noteboom is letting people go like a like a like a turnstile, then it's it's going to do no favors for your quarterback. Um, and they lost a lot, some key talent, you know, um, Jalen Ramsey, for example, yeah, they're not gonna, they don't have a replacement for him at corner. And you know, Allen Robinson didn't do anything with the Rams last year, but they still don't have that second receiver, so no. they still lack that second target next to Cooper Cup. You saw how Cooper Cup in his limited action last year didn't put up quite the numbers, which was expected. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to top it without somebody drawing some coverage away. Uh, and the Rams, yeah, they they play they play a couple of tough teams in their division, and I just think the with the pass rushes on some of these teams, I think they're just going to get abused. I don't know how they they form a run game, any of that. So, uh, you know, I don't want to be Stafford and Donald's last ride, but it's it's getting closer and closer. Yep. All right, so next on the list is the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, the Raiders had high expectations last year. Did not make the playoffs, though. Once again, another failure for the franchise. But then there was hope this offseason that maybe they'll land Aaron Rodgers. They did not. Nope. They landed Jimmy Garoppolo as a consolation prize, except that consolation prize might not even be healthy for a start of the season. Yeah. What's your what's your stance on the Raiders? Do you think that they could sneak into a wild card or with this injury news, are they destined for failure this year? I I mean, they kind of my opinion on the Raiders is that they seem a lot more dysfunctional than they did like six months ago. Um, I, I think six months ago, I thought about the Raiders and I thought, well, you know, this was Joshua Daniels first year. He wasn't a great head coach with his last stint with the Broncos. You know, they're, they're, they traded Derek Carr, or no, they they just let go of Derek Carr. So, I mean, they kind of just said, we're done with him. When they got Jimmy Garoppolo, rumors that they might get Brady, they might draft a guy, but no, they just went with Garoppolo, who has uh, an injury, basically a, a foot, that won't heal. Like, like, they're not even sure he's going to be ready for the season. And so, I, I just think it traded Darren Waller as well. And so, when you look up and down this roster, I think it's full of guys that, haven't really proven that much besides Devontae Adams and Max Crosby on the defensive line. But those individual guys aren't going to be good enough, especially on a team that 
might not have I, I mean their backup quarterback like they have Brian Hoyer they have Aiden O'Connell and so if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't there and if he's not healthy I don't think the rest of the talent on the roster is going to be able to take them to more than a middling five five and twelve six and eleven record yeah the the Raiders have a lot of the same concerns that they had last year yeah and starts with Josh McDaniels this team does not play hard for him and yeah. He's he's a very weak head coach. It it says something when it took Derek Carr literal tears on the podium to try to get his team motivated because yeah. it's like my coach isn't, isn't doing anything. I don't, <laughs> don't blame him. A uh, couple major issues on this team: the interior offensive line is absolutely putrid. I thought they would go Paris Johnson with their first round pick. They went Tyree Wilson, which does kind of fill a need, but Wilson's a bit raw. Yeah, he's so. kind of a project player. Yeah, so he's not going to make that impact right away on a team that has, you know, Adams and Jacobs, you know, ready to win now with those guys. The the secondary too is going to be pretty brutal. They were they had some they gave up a lot of big games to players last year. Um the Alvin Kamara game comes to mind because Alvin Kamara looked like a shell of himself last year except when he played the Raiders when he got like four TDs. Uh and the Raiders really didn't do all that much to make their defense more intimidating this year. Uh, I just see the Raiders as poorly coached, frustrated team members already, and injury questions at QB. The Raiders could probably be a lot lower than their 25 ranking by the end of the year. Could definitely see that. Yes. Um, so here's a team that we kind of disagree on. So the Bears at number 24. So you have them all the way down at your number 27 spot. I have them at my 21 spot. Why are you more down on the bears than i am yeah I, I, this is the one this is honestly the team that i had the most trouble putting in the in this bottom half of the rankings because i think there's definitely reason to be higher on them uh i think justin fields is going to come I, I don't know if he's going to take the leap like people are expecting but i certainly think he's going to get at least somewhat better he's got better weapons around him i think the offensive line is still okay i, I don't think it's still great and i think that might affect him but He's got the athleticism certainly to make things happen um, with his legs. And while I don't love that recipe for success in the long run, just because I think it leads to unnecessary hits like we're seeing around the league, I think in the short term, while Justin Fields is going into his third season, he's still going to be that dynamic player like we saw last year. Um, I also don't think their defense is particularly great. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's certainly a couple players to like, but I think as a unit, they're not as good however i like you said i originally had them at 27 i do think that's a little low i, I think part of it is just because i mean me thinking they went three and 14 last year and i don't think they improved enough to really convince me that they belonged more towards that playoff contention area of the power rankings however i saw a stat that says statistically that every year one of the teams that won no more than five games the year before wins 10 games. Uh, and I look through those teams and the two to me that stood out are the bears and the Broncos of maybe they could actually win 10 games. And so I think the question is, do you believe that they're the Jaguars from last year? Or do you think that the Jaguars from the year before, right after they got Trevor Lawrence, I personally lean towards more the latter where I think that there's still a team that's growing. And while they might, break expectations and win six or seven games this year i don't think they're going to be good enough to make that additional leap 
into playoff contention. But I really like their often their their acquisitions this offseason. Uh first getting Fields a real number one receiver. No, not Chase Claypool, DJ Moore. DJ Moore is going to be a huge help to Justin Fields' success. Fields really didn't have much to throw to last year. Uh, they did upgrade offensive line by getting Nate Davis from Tennessee, who's one of the premier blockers in the league at his position. And then they added a couple linebackers, too, in Tremaine Edmonds um, and uh, TJ Edwards. So they spent some money to try and make this team a bit better. And yep. you add in the fact that Fields has another year of experience. All those factors combined plus, you know, a week NFC make it. I just, I don't see any way it's the bears don't top their record last from last year. I agree with that, but I don't think playoffs are, are there quite yet. All right. So moving on down the list at number 23, a team that I thought I was going to put much lower is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we both have them around the early twenties. The Titans look like they're going to initially be in a big rebuild, but I guess they're going to gut it out one more year. Is is it right to gut out one more year, or do you think the rebuild should have started? Well, I think the rebuild should have started, but I think the reason that we both didn't have them lower than we did is Mike Vrabel. Uh, you, know, you, you talk about Josh McDaniels, and the Raiders don't really fight for him. The Titans fight for Mike Vrabel. I mean, last year, just look Absolutely. at last year, they went into Kansas City, they threw four passes against the Chiefs, and they kept it as a very, very close game. Uh, that was the game where Malik Willis was their quarterback, and they kept it really, really close uh, against the eventual Super Bowl champion Chiefs. And so I think it's a couple things. Number one, like I just said, everyone plays hard for Mike Vrabel. They've got a couple young pieces, including a guy like Traylon Burks. They still have Derrick Henry, who's not necessarily young, but he can still be a difference maker when he's on the field. And they've got young pieces on defense, and they've got kind of a feisty defense. I think ultimately they're just a team that no one wants to play. And I feel like those teams never bottom out. Like they never go worse than five and 12. Sure, they might lose like close games and end up with a not great record, but I don't think basically I, I think Mike Rabel is a good enough coach where I couldn't put the Titans into that lower five, six teams. I factor the coaching in too. They definitely fight hard for Mike Vrabel, and Vrabel's done wonders with what he's had in the past. It's the key here, and once again, theme, offensive line. Titans lost three starters from their team last year. Yeah. One of them was injured for most of the year. That'd be Taylor Lewan, but he was their franchise left tackle. Not easily replaceable, although they did draft Peter Skaronsky. But they also lost the aforementioned Nate Davis and Ben Jones, their center. That's three big losses for a team that loves to run the ball. It's going to make life a little bit more difficult for Derrick Henry, adding on the fact that he's a bit older, and they still really don't have receivers. They have Traylon Burks, who they're hoping takes another step up this year, but still don't have a second guy next to him. And can, you if, name, uh, can you name a second wide receiver on the Titans? If Westbrook Akeen is still on there, then I guess. He is. Nick Westbrook Akeen. Yes. Uh, That's not who you want. That's not who you want. These guys sound like you're in like your 12th year of your Madden franchise, and they're just like spawned players. (laughs) Generating random ass names. (laughs) My last point in the Titans, though, if Tannehill goes down. Oh, they're done. I Yeah. I kind of want to see Will Levis just for the the laughs. 
I think that's probably going to happen is like, they're going to start like three and four or something. And then like Tannehill's going to get hurt or they're going to move to Levis. And I mean, they're just probably going to end up like six and 11 where they fight really hard and they make life difficult on the teams in their division, but they're not doing anything in terms of playoffs. Yeah. Even in a weak division, unfortunately for them. Um, Number 22, we have the new England Patriots who we also both have in the upper 20s. The New England Patriots are not familiar with being in this range in the past, but in recent years, it's been trending that direction. It's been seeming more and more like Tom Brady carried Bill Belichick. Wink, wink. (laughs) But okay, but on a serious note, what is the biggest issue with the Patriots going into this season? You know, I think it's the same issue as last season, which is like you don't really trust their offense. Defensively, I think the Patriots will be quite good. Um, I think Bill Belichick is still a good defensive mind. I think they still have a really good defensive coaching staff. I mean, they went eight and nine last year with all the problems that they had offensively. And so I think defensively, they got better. However, offensively, still, like, I don't really trust Mac Jones. You know, they have a decent running back in Ramon J. Stevenson, but behind him, there's not really that many great backs wide receivers. I mean, they signed Juju and acted like it was this big acquisition. He barely played on the chiefs. Right. And so I think offensively, they're going to have a lot of trouble. They're going to run the hell out of the ball with their offensive line. They're going to play really tough defense, which I I think that's what Bill Belichick wants to do. However, I think that kind of lowers your ceiling heading into a season, especially when you don't have a quarterback that I think you can really rely on, like Mac Jones. I'm going to give you a reason why you should believe in the Patriots' offense this year. And I'm also going to give you a reason why that won't even matter. Okay. So the reason why you should believe a little bit more in the Patriots' offense this year is because they they had so much dysfunction on on that team. Mac Jones was just not in agreement with a lot of these these play calls. So Mac Jones was in a lot of disagreement, and that is because they had Matt Patricia, a defensive mind, for some reason, calling yeah. the plays on offense. Yeah. So that that was a failure from not the great. get from the get go. I I don't know who thought that would be a good idea, but now they got Bill O'Brien in place, who, unlike Patricia, is an offensive mind. So maybe they can develop a playbook, and with their defense you know, maybe put together a few uh, ticky-tacky wins here and there. But they might not be able to get those ticky-tacky wins. You know why? They play in the AFC East, and the AFC East is loaded, loaded with offensive talent. On top of that, the AFC East plays the AFC West. So that's more good offenses that the Patriots have to try to keep up with. I just, it's it just doesn't seem like, uh, the Patriots have much wiggle room this no. year to like play around on offense. It just, I, I think it's over before it starts. But uh, compared to other teams in the league, they could definitely beat them head to head. But their yep. their record will be will be worse than how they perform. Hold on a second. So moving on to the number 21 spot. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. The Green Bay Packers, your number 19 team, my number 26 team. Uh, I'd love to reveal why I'm, very, why I'm so low on the Packers this year. But I want to hear from you. You know, the big question this year is, 
Aaron Rodgers gone, Jordan Love era starts. We don't really have much of a sample size from Jordan Love. So what are your expectations out of him this year? Yeah, so I think my expectations are that he'll be fine, uh, right? Like, I, I personally, I think there's a lot of expectations on him that I don't think he's going to be able to meet. I think Matt LaFleur is a very good head coach, uh, and I think he's a very good offensive coordinator. I know that some people might say that Rodgers kind of masked some things, just him being as good as he is. However, I still think uh, LaFleur offers a lot for that offense. I also like the group of guys that they have for the most part. You know, I, I really like Aaron Jones. I think Christian Watson has a chance to be really, really good in this league. However, that's it. The other guys, I think there are serious question marks on around this entire offense, right? Um, they drafted two tight ends, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, who I think are both pretty good. Um, like AJ Dillon, I, I think he has just not been as good as advertised when he came into the draft. He looked really, really sluggish last year, and that's not good for a team that can't really run the ball. You know, I, I think they're gonna have to find a lot of success in the air. And when you're asking your own your young quarterback to do that, that, that's a lot to ask for the guy. I will say, I think another reason why I'm really high is on paper, their defense should be really good. They've got a lot of first round picks on that defensive side. And I think for the past couple of years, they just haven't really shown that they can live up to that hype. All those players on the defense, Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator, really just hasn't allowed those guys to live up to their talents. And I think part of the reason I have them at 19 is I'm hoping that at least changes a little bit last year to get them into that more middle of the pack range in the NFL. Yeah, another thing Joe Barry's got to do is get his guys under control, specifically Quay Walker, who just won too many instances of pushing people he shouldn't be pushing last year. That's that's just a side note. Really, I think the Packers are just going to experience some intense growing pains this year. And that goes for, you know, Jordan Love uh, and his supporting cast. His supporting cast is going to have to adapt and they're going to have to make more plays on their own, you know, help out the young quarterback. I don't really know if the Packers have the receiving capabilities to do it, at least not this year. A lot of rookies they drafted and a lot of guys that were probably elevated by Rodgers' ability. You know, you got Dobbs and Christian Watson as your top two receivers. Still very young guys. Watson's a great playmaker, but he'll, he still makes mistakes. Um, you know, I like the defense. I think the defense has a lot of very good pieces and the defense will keep them in the game but at the end of the day i don't know matt will has never coached a not aaron Rodgers team you know yeah. is is love going to make the same miracle plays that rogers can can that run game step up when the threat of the pass isn't as predominant you know good point i i think the other thing with them uh, and i think this is kind of a theme in in the next few teams that we're we're going to talk about is that I tried, uh, like, I probably shouldn't have done this as much as I did in these power rankings, taking into account, like, their situations in terms of their division and conference, because I think the theme of, especially starting with the Packers and then these next few teams, is that there are teams I'm a little higher on given their situation. And so I think if the Packers were in the AFC, I would say, like, they're in the bottom, like, four teams in the AFC. But I think in an NFC with a lot of unproven teams, including their division, right? Like I'm pretty low. I, I would say I'm lower than most people on the rest of the division. 
I think a team like the Lions can be really good. However, I, I think the Packers are too talented of a team and have too good a coaching staff to really be as low as you have them. However, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think because of that, it'll cause them to probably miss the playoffs. And like you said, I, growing pains is going to be the biggest thing for them. And the sort of life without Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is Jordan Love the guy because of that question mark. I'm not ready to say that they're going to be right up there as good as they have been. Right. And if Jordan Love is not the guy, a lot of questions are going to have to be answered. So that'll oh, yeah. be that'll be a fun one. Moving on to our, our next team at number 20, Broncos, a team that we also uh, have a big discrepancy. You have them at 23. I have them a lot higher at number 17. The Broncos were probably the most hilarious team in the NFL last year, you know, <laughs> failing on pretty much every measure, coaching, offense, defense, injuries, O-line, running. Like, you could name their... There's a great channel on YouTube that has some great breakdowns of Broncos games. I can't remember the name, but I'll link it in the comments. But moving on from that, uh, Broncos get Sean Payton in town. What what kind of impact do you think Sean Payton is going to have on this team? Well, I like Sean Payton. And I think at the end of the day, Sean Payton is going to make them a better team. Um, Really, I think people's opinions on the Broncos is going to come down to Russell Wilson. Do you believe last year was a fluke for Russell Wilson and that he's going to return to form? Or do you believe that was just a sign of things to come? I personally go to the second one on that one. I think a lot of the mistakes from the Broncos last year, a lot of the gaffes came as a result of a coaching staff that was kind of, I I don't even say, I, I won't say that all those coaches were necessarily like bad, right? I mean, like their defense was pretty good last year. Um, I just think the combination of all those guys that are on there was really strange, right? And it didn't really fit the roster that they were trying to build. So because of that, I think bringing in a guy that like a guy like Sean Payton, who brought in uh, Vance Joseph, uh, Mike Westoff is there. Joe Lombardi is going to be in there as well. A lot of those names are guys that have experience in the league with a lot of different types of players. And I think Sean Payton is going to implement what he wants this team to be which is going to be super helpful. I just think that while they are married to Russell Wilson the way that they are, I think the Broncos ceiling is just a lot lower. I also have some question marks on some of the other players on that offense, Um, in particular, like Javante Williams, who's battling a really, really bad knee injury. No guarantee that he's going to come back this season. No guarantee he's going to come back and be even remotely close to the same player. And then a guy like Jerry Judy, who I feel like just hasn't lived up to a lot of expectations, a lot of frustrations in that franchise. Whether or not Sean Payton can solve those issues, I'm not sure. However, I think in terms of that organizational aspect of the franchise, I think he's going to help with them a lot. Yeah, I feel like we've been waiting for that Jerry Judy breakout season for about like five years now. Yeah, He's going to break out any moment. (laughs) Um, The Broncos, yeah, they're one of the more intriguing teams in the NFL for me because of how low the bar has been set for this team yeah people forget the magic that russell wilson has worked in his past and uh say what you want about Pete carroll he's miles ahead of what hackett is and if you know sean payton is any any good as he used to be the play calling will be much more innovative than the classic run twice get yourself the third and 13 and then yep. just chuck it downfield behind your bad offensive line Speaking of offensive line, they added two key guys to the offensive line, Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, plus to get Garrett Bowles back from injury. That'll help the offense. 
The defense still has plenty of good pieces. And if Russell Wilson doesn't come out absolutely pissed about what happened last year, then he needs to be replaced anyway. And the rebuild needs to start like immediately. Like uh, all the criticism, criticism you hear, you know, all the memes, all the, you're a selfish player. Why do you have your own off office? You know, he played really bad last year. He's got to come out ferocious. And if he doesn't come out ferocious, well then yeah, Broncos, they're doomed. No question about it. All right. We got next another intriguing team, the Cleveland Browns at number 19. Really the question with the Cleveland Browns is that sample size that we saw from Deshaun Watson last year. Is it for real or was it a fluke? What kind of sense do you get now going into the season about Mr. Watson? So I will say right off the bat, I think that the Browns have the widest range of outcomes of any team in the NFL this season. I could I see them going like 13, not maybe not 13 and four, but like 12 and five, maybe competing for this division. I could see them going like five and 12 and it absolutely just blows up. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, I guess not answer your question. I think it's a bit of both for Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's going to be at that level that we saw before, you know, everything that he went through. I also don't think he's going to continue to be as bad as he was because there were times where he was atrocious last year, right? I, I mean, Jacoby Brissett was just a better quarterback than him at, for a, a while in last season. I think roster-wise, still have a very good offensive line. Offensive line, while it might not be super deep, the starters, uh, including like Jedrick Wills, Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, like you mentioned interior offensive line, I think for the Raiders a while ago, the interior offensive line for the Browns is one of the best in the league. Still have Nick Chubb, who is a very, very, very good running back in this league. He's got a lot of wear on his tires, but you know if they want to keep running the football with him, things are going to go well for them. And then they got a kind of interesting group of wide receivers led by Amari Cooper. Uh, defensively, I think, they're okay. Obviously, they've got big playmakers uh, like Miles Garrett, but overall, I don't think the defense is that great. And so because of that, I think it's going to come down to a handful of players this year for the Browns. And the biggest one, Deshaun Watson, is such a mystery that I really don't know where to put them. Yeah. Putting Watson aside, what the Browns did really well this offseason was fill in their needs. There are Horrible against the run last year. They go out and get run stuff for Dalvin Tomlinson. Their secondary gave a lot a lot of big plays. They go out and get two safeties. They needed a second wide receiver to Amari Cooper. They go out and they take a shot on Elijah Moore and draft Cedric Tillman. So the Browns did a good job of, of filling their needs. But at the end of the day, it might not matter if Watson doesn't play up to that potential that they thought they were getting when yep. they signed him. You make a very good point. Brissett actually played better before Watson stepped in. And I really think a lot of that has to do with Rust and the fact yeah. that he's he was away from the game for so long and probably all the pressure, you know, everyone watching. He's got a whole offseason to, you know, the I haven't heard as much Watson talk since, you know, since last year. So he probably had a lot more time to focus on what he's got to do. Uh, but then again, this is very tough division. They're they're probably they could 
they'd probably win the NFC South. They're in it. They probably have a shot at the AFC South. They're in it. But they they seem like a distinct last in what's a very good AFC North. So I think that's just that that's just their downfall. Tough division. So we got two more teams on the block, and this first one is going to be the New Orleans Saints. Made big splash at quarterback, getting Derek Carr signed to a big deal, making him the franchise guy. They're still rolling in with Dennis Allen once again, which is a curious decision. It is a choice, yeah. It is definitely a choice. Uh, You know, I'm going to take this question in a different direction than Carr. Oh. Michael Thomas. You know, (laughs) what what happened to that guy? Is he alive? What's going on? The reason I say that is because if Thomas can somehow revert to what his previous form was, yeah, and with a guy that loves to throw deep, Thomas could you know eat up so many yards on those quick easy slants and break open so much room for Olave, uh, because Carr loves to throw deep. Uh, but is is Dennis is Dennis Allen and Derek Carr is that like the right is that the right combo? That's the real question. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Saints. Yeah, so I I like the Saints. I'm going to be honest. I like the Saints. Um, I think where the Saints, where their biggest, uh, um, what I think is going to be really good about the Saints this year is, number one, defense. I think their defense can be really good. And I think if I, if Dennis, Allen is, Dennis Allen is anything, he's a good defensive coordinator and he's a good defensive mind. Uh, in the secondary, there's a lot of guys like Marshawn Lattimore uh, that they can continue to play around with. Uh, they still have Tyra Matthew, Marcus May, two guys kind of towards the end of their careers, but could still be solid. A uh, lot of good young corners as well that they can kind of mix and match in there. And then they added two important guys in Brian Brisset and Isaiah Foskey to the defensive line in the draft as well. I do think offensively, they got to be better than last year, right? I mean, Derek Carr has to be an improvement over Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton last year. Uh, an offense that was decent at times. However, like you mentioned, Michael Thomas is a big name and so is Alvin Kamara. That's, this offense has run on those two guys for the last Drew Brees and Sean Payton years. And both of those guys last year kind of disappeared. I think the good thing for Kamara is the Saints brought in Jamal Williams from the lions and who I think is going to take a little bit of the the weight off of Alvin Kamara, allow him to be much more of that passing game back, get 10 to 20 uh, touches per game and allow him to really do his thing. And then they also have Chris Olave, who's one of the best young wide receivers in the league. And so I really like the saints this year. I think you're absolutely right to kind of question this coaching staff. However, combination of, I think a lot of these guys are going to bounce back in what I think is a very weak division that can easily be overtaken by a team like the Saints that has these veteran guys like Kamara, Carr, uh, Carmichael, who's their offensive coordinator, has been there forever with the Saints, even since Sean Payton got there, and Dennis Allen. These guys who have been in the league, I think, can bring a lot of these guys, this kind of ragtag group on the Saints together, and compete to win their division. They're definitely one of two teams that, I think has a good shot at this division. But you have to remember, Kamara might be suspended. He was supposed True. to be suspended last year, so he could be facing suspension. So that's very weird, very weird situation. Yeah, it's been it's been a saga. It's been going on for too long. But leave it to the NFL to do that. 
True. Uh, you mentioned a couple ads to D line, but that that pass rush was really bad last year. It's going to take somebody stepping up because they're just going to leave their their secondary, which is has some good pieces, but if their secondary is left out to dry there because of their lack of pass rushers, I mean, Cam Jordan. He had probably the worst season of his career since his rookie year last year, and he's he's 34. He's it only seems like he's gonna keep declining. Uh, the offensive line isn't what it once was. Uh, tackles are still pretty good, but the interior of the line is isn't that great. Um, and at the end of the day, we're gonna see what Derek Carr is really made of. Uh, I think he's a guy that will win you some games, but he also had a lot of moments last year where he lost his team the game true are we going to see that composed quarterback can dennis allen get the best out of him those are questions that will be answered because they are going head to head with our number 17 team which is the atlanta falcons who are their um, contender in the end of in the nfc south casual fans will hear this and think but isn't desmond ritter starting why is the falcon so high you actually had them in your um your top sixteen, if that's correct. I did. I did. Uh, so what? So what makes the Falcons so good? Weren't they like pretty average last year? So um, I think it was interesting before we started this. Before we started recording, we talked about how there were two major differences. What you had one team in your uh, bottom, which was the Falcons. I had another team in my bottom, which I won't spoil who it is, but we put moved them a little bit up in the rankings. I really like the Falcons this year. Uh, and two words, Bijan Robinson. I think Bijan Robinson is an absolute stud. I don't agree with drafting a running back that high just overall. I think it's like bad business. I think it's bad process. However, we have seen that usually in the first two years of that young running back's career, it really, really works, particularly their rookie year. Bijan Robinson is going to be a guy that can really elevate. I mean, he is a Saquon Barkley level prospect that they now have on offense. Then I think you throwing a guy like Drake London, their first round pick last year, and Kyle Pitts, the first round pick the year before at tight end. And you have a really interesting core of offensive playmakers. Could also throw in a guy like Tyler Algier, the young running back that played pretty well that they drafted last year. So for this Falcons team, you're right. Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. Very, very unproven. I think they are putting a lot of trust in Desmond Ritter to have a sort of Dak Prescott-esque early part of his career where he can just use the very good offensive line in front of him and hand the ball off to Bijan Robinson. And he can just kind of you know throw short passes and lobs to 6'5 Drake London and 6'6 Kyle Pitts all day, all day long. I think that's a good strategy. However, like we said, the games still have to be played. And for the Falcons, I think their detriments are their defense isn't particularly great. I, I think they're overall okay. Big addition in Jesse Bates at safety. Their secondary was very bad last year. And so adding in Jesse Bates is going to really help that unit. And then I think the other question mark is Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, who is the offense corner for the Titans with Derrick Henry. He has a very specific way that he wants to do things. He wants to run the ball and then run it some more, which is why I think Bijan Robinson, as talented as he is, is going to be so important for this team. However, I think there's a lot of question marks for the Falcons. And if, it, like, like we talk about with our teams, if they were in another division, I probably wouldn't have had them as high in my rankings. I absolutely agree with that. And yeah, you touched on Bijan Robinson right away. He's going to make an immediate impact. 
Uh, he's going to just boost that offense so much that Ritter isn't going to have to do too much. I mean, there are games last year that Mariota barely threw any passes, oh, yeah. and, and they were <laughs> still in contention. But it's really the defensive additions that make this team so intriguing this year. They add Calais Campbell at the ripe old age of 37, still out there making plays. He'll he'll be a big force next to Grady Jarrett, who's been doing it for years now. You get uh, Bud Dupree, who's had some good seasons in the past, but he's miles better than any pass rushing uh, player that they've had. And then a couple additions to their secondary. You mentioned Jesse Bates, their big signing of the offseason. Miles better than any safety they've had since Keanu Neal. And you add Jeff Okuda, former number three overall pick, throw him across from A.J. Terrell, you have potential for a very good one-two cornerback duo. I think the expectations for Ritter shouldn't be too high, but I don't think they really need to be. You can rely on their, their run game, and you got a couple of dynamic pass catchers. It's going to be a close battle between the Falcons and the Saints, but I I do kind of like, I think the Falcons just have a better energy to them. You know, it's just it's just one of those feelings. You feel I, like- I, yeah, I no, I, I do kind of agree with that. That's going to be a really good battle. I think they're just, I think the Falcons are just they're younger, right? Like it's it's kind of the difference is the Falcons have the younger core, the Saints have the more veteran core that's been around, and I think talent wise, the Falcons are better. However, I think there are still question marks. Like you said, like they want to run the ball, and you know that can only go, take you so far. I, I think, and that's why a lot of it is going to be on John Robinson, but eighth overall pick you expect him to live up to the hype. Yes. And I'm sure we all hope he does. I'm very excited. Most excited I've been for a running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. So um, hoping for big things for him. Um, but I'm all finished with this Bud Light, which means that we are done with the show. <laughs> if you guys like this episode, make sure to follow our content because we will be releasing our 16 through one fairly soon. If you have any comments, leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, but until then, any last words, Mr. Scroce? No. Okay, you heard it there <laughs> first. Have a good night, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Recording. Oh, there we go. Nice.